Hello and welcome to the Press Start podcast. We're on episode 23 and as always we're bringing you the latest in gaming news, previews, reviews and more. I'm Ash and as always I am joined by my co-host Shane. Uh, this week we're going to bring you a little bit of news, a little bit of an update. We're going to discuss a little bit more of the the obvious Starfield that we've literally that's been dominating our lives since launch. Um, and obviously there's a little bit of news as is the norm with one of these podcasts um shane how has your week been besides living in space good evening or good morning depending when you're listening uh yeah it's oh, i spin it just another exciting week um with starfield uh more funny stories more adventures absolutely loving it as i know you are absolutely uh yeah it, it it's been incredible i i just haven't got enough is good to say about this game and i just enjoy gaming right now yeah i think that's that's the the really good thing at the minute obviously we are obsessed with this game and we like we are living for it right now and we we've spent a crazy crazy amount of time on it and you know as we're progressing we're we're bringing more into the game we're we're obviously doing more in the game we're we're going through the campaign we're we're building outposts we've both now brought a house haven't we uh in aquila and yes well i own three no need to show off but uh (laughs) yeah you know we're enjoying it we've we've we're really sort of in depth with it we're unlocking a lot of different things we're leveling up now um like we've said previously we've gone down different routes with the missions and i've got to a point now where there's this real there's been a really cool twist in the main sort of story of the game you're not there yet so it's like yeah Yep. you know we, we it's it's just crazy how different the number of hours we put in and how different different points well, we're I'm at. Well I'm 60 hours in. How are yeah. you? How far um, are you? Um what would I be now? I'm not far off 2 days so I'm at about 42 43 I think right. or something like that. And but, like you said it's very, our game has been very very different and very yeah. little similarities at this point. To yeah, be 60 hours into a game and not kind of done the same paths so yeah. i think it's quite phenomenal there's, there's so many little bits that you know where it's like i'm only three or four down like three or four missions down a certain path and it's like have you done this and it's like no I'm, i've not even seen that and it's like that's it's crazy that we've spent that much yeah. time in it and we, you know we're, we're so far apart in different and yet you're advancing some bits but then i'm advancing other bits so it's like it's not yeah, like I'm falling I mean, behind like neon, or... Isn't it? This, this city neon. Like, yeah. I only visited that last night or the night before, and yet you went there last week. Well, I week. spoke about it Wait. last week, yeah. Yeah. So, I think I spoke like, about it yeah, last week. So, I, I mean, I'll be honest, it's a shithole. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't quite like the place. No, um, it's not nice. I, I, I mean, this is... this. It's another one. I mean, I, mean, I, I may as well tell the funny story now. I mean, you... I don't find it right funny, but it always just seems to happen to me. So it's worth mentioning now that I'm a married man um, in Starfield. Uh, lovely wedding, by the way. Gutted you come, come, <laughs> Ash. Um, it was a lovely beach wedding. It was a lovely day. Um, we booked two weeks in that hotel as well as a as a bit of an honeymoon. Um, but besides that, we, you know, so you know that that's only the short bit of the story. But you'll know why I need to tell you this. So I went to Neon. And as we discussed last week, um, I am trying to be well-behaved. I'm trying to do my bit. I even let people off credits. 
if I feel that they need it more than me. Really nice guy, like me in real life. Proper, <laughs> nice, genuine guy. What are you laughing at? <laughs> um, so I, go, I get to Neon, and it just seems to be full of drug addicts and criminals, uh, which want a good start. And I, I really enjoyed looking at the city. I thought it looked fabulous until you get inside it. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, without no fault of my own, I'm, I'm involved in some sort of drug smuggling and drug dealing. And I couldn't get out of it. Um, and then there's all these different gangs, that gang wars that are going on. And I get told to go and, and speak to somebody who decided to then um, be a bit of an ass and take it out on me. So which I panicked and got my shotgun out and shot him, but shot a citizen at the same time. <laughs> my wife is in the back screaming her head off at me, uh, saying I'm on my own. And she does a runner. So I'm like, what on earth's going on here? So I run outside the bar after her, you know, like begging and pleading as you do. Try, look, it was a complete accident. This is not what my intention <laughs> was, but he started it. To which point I'm getting shot again by about another 20 guards. So I'm running about trying to escape that. Um, and then I end up having to pay, um, you know, a 17,000 bounty. And bear in mind, this is two days after... What two days into what's meant to be our honeymoon? <laughs> so it just—I hate neon. I hate it. Nearly cost me my marriage, uh, and it cost me a lot of money. So I hate the place. Absolutely well, I, I obviously place. last night we were both we were both in neon at the same time, weren't we? I was doing a completely different mission, and like I said to you, everything about it—it's it, got that cyberpunk sort of Night City feel where yeah, you def- just don't trust anybody there. Like, you know, you, no. go in, you go into New Atlantis and you feel comfortable. You know, even the well, for the most part, even though it's quite a sort of rough and ready place, it's, you, you're generally safe. You yeah. Know, you're not, nothing's yeah. going to happen down there. But in Neon, I was doing this mission and one minute I'm in a nightclub, then I'm up in like this bloke's business, up in like, you know, up in the power block somewhere in their offices. Then I'm back down doing a meeting in this nightclub. Then I'm going... And with everything, it's like you're trusting the guards. You know, I've paid to trust the guards within this part of this mission. And it's like, when it comes to me needing help, are they actually going to look out for me? Which they did, but... I did, though. See, I don't trust them as far as I can from. Yeah, they did, I think. I mean, I paid... I think I paid something like... I can't remember. I think it was something like 7,000 credits for this this thing. But... Yeah, throughout this mission, it was just like, no matter what I do, I don't trust anybody. And it, it was, no. I was right all the way along. Every single time I think I've cracked summer, you know, I've got the guards to look after me. And then as soon as I stepped outside, I've had my ship confiscated and I've got to go and see the big boss. And it's like, oh, wow. This, this yeah, was like, no, oh my I... God. And it's I, so I was, corrupt. Yeah, I was climbing through vents and everything to get to this boss's. He locked me out. So I had to go through vents, I had to climb onto the rooftop. And it's like everywhere you go, there's somebody just sitting there waiting to shoot you. And it's like, like you, I just couldn't wait to get off Neon. It's not a nice place. I, no, but but that's it. When I pulled up at Neon, when I landed at Neon, I thought, oh, this looks nice. It's, I, I felt like, like you said, I've definitely, definitely had a Night City vibe Yeah, Cyberpunk. I felt it had a bit of a Tokyo vibe. And especially the fact I were there to see Ryujin, uh, which is kind of like their logos, like a Chinese stroke, Japanese symbol, if you like. So I definitely got like a bit of a Tokyo vibe. 
one of the places I've always wanted to visit visit is Tokyo. I thought, hey, up here we go. And yeah. Oh my god. I mean, my god. when I first landed there, dreadful. It was night, and I spent the first fifteen minutes with the camera, like the photography mode, because it is a proper, you know, photogenic place oh, definitely. with all the neon and yeah. the lights and everything. But like you, I very quickly realised I ended up in like a loan shark mission and all sorts. And it's like, yeah, I, just, I just feel I like just I'm going to die. Like you have to be a criminal. Whereas what I wanted to do, about my story as well, where it all went wrong and wife nearly left me and all that, is I stayed in Neon to do all the missions that, you know, you gather up while you hear people, overhear people's conversations and it gives you an activity. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? The way that speak, so I went round all the shops and I spoke to everybody. I always do when I land in a new place. I like to speak to everybody, see if there's any opportunities anywhere. And all everybody kept saying is how they distrust people, the security can't be trusted. Um, and that pillock who's in charge, the administrator, what's it, Bayou? Bayou, is it? Um, he he yeah. sounds as corrupt as they come. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to stay in Neon and I'm going to see if there's any opportunity whatsoever that arises for me to help fix this place up, stop this drug problem that's going on. And I don't know. I, I didn't think I could become the mayor of the city or whatever, but I thought maybe I can do a bit of good and leave it as, you know, better than I found it. Yeah. My dear God, I can't wait to get out. They all deserve it. They all deserve to live there. <laughs> yeah. They're all criminals. Pack your bags and get so, out. So, yeah. Yeah, now... yeah. It's a horrible place. Obviously, with the whole thing to do with Starfield, obviously we are going to sort of move on to a little bit of news and that shortly. But something that we have obviously over the last, obviously news at the minute is just Starfield, isn't it? Oh, and it's, just... it's it's madness. Like we're obviously we're trying to post news about little bits and pieces of all different games, but with every other article at the minute, it's just to do with Starfield tips, tricks, walkthroughs, everything like that. And one bit that's um... well, I counted yesterday. There was four. We had four hundred and fifty-six articles present that we needed to go through on yeah. our system, and three hundred. I think it was three hundred and fifty of them was Starfield. Starfield. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it were, now, it's crazy. one of the big bits, one of the sort of more official bits, rather than just tips and tricks, and that was Todd Howard, the director of Starfield, has actually said that. The choice of leaving ground vehicles out was one that they made, you know, quite clear that they didn't want to do it. It, it encourages you to explore, you know, go by foot, gives you, you know, a more unique way of navigating the planet. Um, yeah. It's got mixed reviews. Me, personally, I don't think it's something that you really miss. If it was there as an option... I'd take it, you know, if you, if you It'd could... It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. If, if you could attach to the base of your ship a little sort of like in Halo, like a warthog that you can attach to the bottom of your ship and you jump in and just, you know, sort of toodle along the, the planet, that'd be cool, especially when you land somewhere where it's 800 metres to the next, you know, like the unique spot or whatever. But at the same time, I do agree that, you know, when you're out and you're just, you know, using either sort of the lack of gravity to jump or to run across this surface... You're scanning stuff, you're finding things, you you accidentally coming across things, aren't you, as you sort of explore it. Yeah, proper exploring, yeah. And it is, you know, yeah. you go I'm with you, I don't mind the lack of it. If it'd be there, it'd be nice. But I don't say it'd be I don't ever land somewhere and feel that I need it. No. And I think the the other uh, good thing is that 
with a lot of places, you can, if you land at a landing spot and it's 600 metres to the next thing that you're trying to get to, you can look at it, focus on it and travel to it anyway and you just leave the ship behind. Some things, if anyway, some things. There, though, in, yeah, it's not um, fast travel if you've been there. Well, I don't know, because I've just, on just before we come on, I was just sort of having a float around one of the planets, and I found on a moon an abandoned, well, not an abandoned, but a shipwreck. And All right. where I landed, it was like 300 and some metres. Even though I clicked to land on the shipwreck, the shipwreck was yeah. 300 metres away. And when I looked at the shipwreck, it I clicked A on it, and it come up travel, and I just I went to it. So I think oh, right. maybe if it's like an unknown location, maybe then. But, you know, if it's a an area, like a point of oh, interest, right. yeah. maybe you yeah, can travel yeah, yeah. direct to it. So like where I said to you, I found that uh, civilian outpost if, like 20 minutes ago. Uh, that was another yeah. one. I landed and I was like, that's still miles away. But it come up as a thing with like a person on it. And I clicked on it and I was next thing I was in the center of the civilization. So I think you can... But like I say, right. with regards to the actual sort of transport, I don't, I don't. It, it, if it was there, I'd use it. It's, but it's not a thing that I sort of, I sit personally and think. No, know, and it, I think it ruins the, the game. Thing that's, yeah, I think the one thing as well to keep in mind that there's nothing to say that anything like this wouldn't come in the future. No. I mean, Bethesda are massive on DLC. Uh, we mentioned it before, where they've just brought out Atlantic City for fallout 4 so and i imagine that this game is going to be i'd probably say looked after better than any other game they've ever done oh it's it's their um, uh like what's what's the, the word gem, like, it? it's yeah the it's di- the pinnacle it's the of everything they've ever done so yeah so i mean you know i mean it's worth mentioning as well like i i saw during the week that some guy is gay he managed to have a glitch in his game and he's ended up buying a star station a full-on star station up in space and he can decorate it and everything now he can't drive it and he can't move it around but it doesn't seem like this is currently a thing in starfield that you can buy star stations but the ability to be there glitched. exactly so a lot of people are thinking that within the files within the, the you know the coded the programming of of starfield is eventually you will be able to buy star stations so people are now sort of saying maybe this is a future dlc yeah that would be uh, cool you know the, the workings of it are already there um obviously the, this guy's caught it by glitch by accident but so you know that looks like it may well be a possibility and something that they have uh, uh, you know to to release further down the line that you can do buying star ships so I, yeah. I really do think that this game is the possibilities is endless. Adding I mean, new planets, yeah, adding I new think, cities, adding new characters, storylines. I think. Massive. I mean, they've obviously they've opened up the thing for modding as well. So the, the possibilities yeah. with modding is almost infinite. You know, if people want yeah. it, it will end up being in the game. But officially, obviously, Xbox and that are going to get the modding abilities or the, like you know the additional modding content on Xbox in the future. But I think in terms of official content. I think, again, you know, they they could do so much with it that this base game, as big as it is, could just be the beginning. You know, all they've got to do is add in a few new solar systems and, you know, transport. You know, you can get either like a little mini sort of quad bike or a bit of full-on, you know, rover type thing. They they could add so much further down the line. And, you know, with fan feedback, they're only going to look into more and more as we go. But... um, 
I think the only thing you've got to worry about is having the storage to fit all these updates on when they do eventually yeah. come. We could end up just literally having uh, Starfield, Starfield on our Series Starfield. X. <laughs> but yeah. talking of developers um, that are obviously looking after their games, one that we know do look after their games quite well, a Blizzard, and Overwatch 2, which is obviously another massive, massive game. Um, over the last week or so, they announced that when uh, 250,000 Overwatch 2 cheaters have been banned in since launch. Yeah. Now, we've said, obviously, in previous uh, podcasts, you know, how cheating ruins it. We know that things like Warzone and that we've sort of stepped away from because at one point the hacking was just so bad. And yet it's, yeah. it's, it is nice to see that, you know, Blizzard are taking the action. They have, they've got a zero tolerance policy which I know, you know, every developer is going to say that, but you know, the fact that they've already banned two hundred and fifty thousand cheaters is quite refreshing to hear, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I'm not going to go off on a tangent about this one because it is one I feel really strongly about, and it does get me wound up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, they they've come out with this anti cheat system, and, and you know, using two core principles that fair is fun, safe and inclusive social experience, and and I think. Those two, you know, as simple as they are, I think are absolute beautiful core principles because that is what gaming should be about. You know, it should be fair, uh, you know, and it should be a safe and inclusive um, experience. Yeah, you know, 100%. meeting new people. And we've said it before, haven't we? It's, it can be a very toxic environment. And this is, you know, with the new steps that Xbox have taken that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the steps that these are taking uh, and, and reports of, of other games doing it it needs to be done because the cheating you know and especially a game like overwatch as well that is now a massive competitive game in it you know they're doing yeah. overwatch leagues and things like that so i think games you know blizzard and, and companies like that who, who do have leagues in in their games definitely need to be on the ball uh um, yeah, with this 100%. sort of thing and like you said two hundred and fifty thousand. when you say it like that doesn't sound a lot but that's quarter of a million that's quarter of a million people yeah have been banned from this game. And I think what I find more disturbing is that there is that many people that want to cheat a game. Yeah. I find I mean, that quite disturbing. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the big things, isn't it? You know, when you actually sort of put it in that figure, a quarter of a million cheaters, these games yeah. only drag in, you know, upwards of a couple of million concurrent players, don't they, at most? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. when maybe an eighth or a tenth of that player base is cheating... That's a big problem, yeah. and you know that's only the it's ones have actually banned. I mean, yeah, you know, we, exactly. we know obviously there might be ones out there not got banned yet, yeah, or exactly. haven't been found yet. So and, yeah, you know, PC just... players they can create new sort of characters and IPs and all that very quickly, but yeah. you know at least they're action in it. That's the big thing. That's it. I mean, I do think it. it I think it's going to be. You know, I think it will forever go on. I think it's. You know, from a technical standpoint, I think it's going to be like viruses and Trojan horses and all that that are used to hack devices, break devices, annoy people on their devices, where it's tech companies will one day counteract it and find a way to block those viruses and Trojan horses and such. And then the following day, someone else will find another loophole, create another virus that does something different. And I do think it is going to be an ever going yeah, thing. I don't think I you're ever going to beat it. No, definitely not, because it's just one your turn, my turn sort of game, isn't it? But yeah. at least they're not just sat there going, well, we can't win, so we'll leave it. 
So moving on to um, a bit lighter news. Um, as we've said, it, it is game time um, over these last couple of months. Uh, plenty coming out. Uh, and one of them is Payday 3 that's launching on Game Pass at the end of the month. And Starbreeze have re revealed exciting plans for their po post-launch launch content. That's easier said than done, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Um, so yeah, they, they've got uh, it, you know, they've got four DLCs that they're planning, uh, titled Syntex Error, Boys in Blue, The Land of the Free, and Fear and Greed. Um, so already that gives us a really good indication, doesn't it, that that, that they've got plans yeah, to keep every, their game every three rolling, months or keep so. Their game fresh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's mad that. This game launches a week. Well, obviously, we're recording on a Thursday for the podcast to go live on a Friday, and it's going. It's live or available a week today, Thursday. But it's like it's already. Yes. It's another game that's just really, really close. You know, it's just it's never ending at the minute for new games. It is. It's got, that's it. We're going to be inundated with it, aren't we? Because I mean, this, like you just said, this comes out next week. Then, so then I go on a holiday the following week. Uh, on that Thursday, and then when I get back, it's the the day of the Assassin's Creed launch. Yeah. Uh, Forza's what a matter of weeks after that. So yeah, the it, 10th, we are is it? really going to be inundated with games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're going to be inundated with games, aren't we? So it, I mean, and Payday Three is one that we've said we're going to play out. We? We're going to give it a go. We're going to see what yeah. what the fuss is about, and and if we like it, then we've got you know four DLC installments on its way, as well as you know seasonal seasonal events um it's going to bring in new playable characters fresh enemies new weapons um an upgrade to unreal engine 5 as well that's worth um mentioning that they're going to do that so really the quality of life of this game uh they expect to to go on for a long time yeah definitely i'm quite i'm looking forward to it cuz like we've said previously we've not really ever got into it so you know it'll be it'll be quite good fun for us to sort of try and have a go at this you know it's got a kind of a kind of rainbow six siege vibe in terms of you know like you're breaching you're you're sneaking around all of that sort of thing but in terms of like the actual gameplay it looks like it could be quite a chaotic game as well so um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more think about be that some 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 good moments in that game i reckon for us yeah um have you ever played mass effect yes Right, now, I've not. Now, I know one of my mates, Chris, was like a big, big Mass Effect fan going back in the day, you know, the original couple of games and so on. So I think, you, have you had Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, and then Andromeda? I think that's what we're at in it I at think the minute. The, yeah, the only one I didn't have was Andromeda. Right, okay. I played, I played the first three. Now, Bioware, obviously the developers of the Mass Effect series, have sort of basically said they're going to go back to... Uh, I think... This is kind of a thing that we see. Obviously, we're seeing it with Assassin's Creed with Mirage. I was going to say, this has got like what the Assassin's Creed developers Ubisoft are doing written all over it. Yeah, they're going back to their classic format because sometimes video games and developers and series go way beyond what the fans originally loved, didn't they? You know, Halo started yes. going down that route. You know, after Bungie let it go and 343 took over, it just didn't feel the same. Assassin's Creed for me, I know you obviously stuck to it, but to me it had nothing of the core game. It went way beyond that. Yeah. It was, you know, it was an RPG, it was massively open world. And Mass Effect's doing the same. They're returning to their classic 
more story driven you know stage by stage sort of game rather than the larger open world game that andromeda was and yeah it's another I, one I, I, I feel the same as assassin's creed with this one i don't mind i think yeah. that's great I, I i but i also wouldn't mind it if it was still open world i'm really i really am sat on the fence with this kind of thing because i've enjoyed both i love a good rpg but i do agree with you in a way that some games i don't think need to be a big open world rpg you no. know i think i think a lot of developers went down that route and th how far can we take this how far can we go and you get the big sort of worlds like final fantasy and stuff like that and i just think a couple have realized actually we had success without going through that and spending all that development time. And I think Bioware is just one of the latest in the line to do it. Yeah, 100%. I think, and you know, I think it's a winning formula because for, for the newer players to the games, they, you know, it's, it's going back to a route that they've never really played. Whereas for those of us that have played these titles from their original days, it's our chance to go back and sort of, you know, play the original style and that's i think that's what i'm looking forward to that's why i am so excited for mirage because it's gonna feel yeah like one of the you know almost like one of the Ezio games in terms of the way it plays you know even the trailers alone show you that that you know this is what it's yeah. we're going back to its roots and and from the people that have got hands on with it over this last week they've said the same aren't they it's yeah. very kind of old school assassin's creed which is nice and and again like this the same with you know mass effect i think um i, I really enjoyed the games they're definitely not your up your street i think i don't think it's something you'll enjoy <laughs> obviously due to your you know not liking the darkness of some games and things like that but you know again i think when you've got your big open world games like starfield obviously that we've mentioned and that is going to take up god knows how many more years uh, months maybe even years of our time it's just nice that you could pick up a game like this as a stopgap it's not going to take you too long to finish you can enjoy it for what it is, put it back down and get back to your big open world RPG that you're enjoying. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's how I like to do my gaming. So I think this is perfect. And I, I think a lot of Mass Effect fans will be happy with this news, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. But one, a bit of news, I'm, I was a bit... Well, it's not disappointing because it's only sort of a delay, really. But um, we've obviously spoke previously, haven't we, about X Defiant. And yeah. I was involved in one of the betas and everything we got through the ubisoft testing and all that now we didn't really know this properly but apparently video games go through like a proper rigorous certification process um we know obviously you've got your your um rating boards and all that sort of stuff but in order for it to be basically fit for purpose to launch on console and that they have to pass this meticulous evaluation uh, it's looking for quality performance everything to do with what xbox and playstation and all that expect from their games um this x defiant has failed that certification process the reviewers come back negative mm -hmm. it's not passed um hence that the game has to obviously get some changes fixes bugs all of that sort of stuff before it can release now we still didn't know a release date anyway so you know for all we know it could have you know it might not launch till it's expected date anyway but they're saying that now 
it's likely to be end of September, potentially sometime in October that it will launch. I think it's going to be one of them games that it will just one day say it's now free. You know, it's not, we haven't got a set yeah, date of, oh, it's out next Friday. Possibly. I think it will just be at one o'clock on, you know, the 15th of October, they'll just put out there, X Defiant is now available to download. But it has suffered yeah, a setback. Yeah, it is setback. quite possible. I mean, I, I knew, you know, sort of, uh, you know, it's the same with apps. Like when you develop an app and things like that, you put it up. There's loads of loopholes to, to jump through. Hoops, yeah. should I say, to jump through, not loopholes. But you, you've got a mass array of hoops to jump through um, as a developer. But for something like this, coming from Ubisoft, I, this is that. I think that's what I've found so bizarre. Because yeah. how many games have they developed over the years that will obviously know intricately the ins and outs of this certification, and they've had a game fail. So yeah. we don't know what on, and we don't know why. Um, it could just be I don't know gaming companies like Xbox and that being picky. I'd, we don't know, but yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because yeah, they've not really like give details into it. You know, compliance bugs has, has been kind of mentioned in there, but I, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? But like you said, I think it's going to be one of them that just appears one day like oh yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it surprised me a little bit because um, obviously like i say i took part in one well, of the betas got, and that well you did you not take part in two because um, i joined you for one of them not long ago and i thought you'd played it prior to me i'm trying to think was that not exo primal that you joined me on no no because that's defiant i only this. played a couple of games on and it was like a new york underground overground type map and i only played two or three maps on it so i, I don't know whether you're thinking of something else maybe but maybe like when i played sure it these it played well like there was like you could go into two different lobbies you had the lobby that was like the multiplayer so that was in new york and it was like almost like a um control in different zones type thing but then there was another lobby where you could go into like a uh, shooting firing range thing you could go and do like a, an assault course you could do a firing range and at no point did i really sort of play it and think god this is bad or you know it wasn't perfect but i wouldn't say it was at a point of my god they can't let this go live anytime soon so it, it's took me by surprise a little bit but to be yeah, honest same. with the massive list of games coming out right now with this being a free-to-play I don't mind how long it delays, to be honest. If it if it launches no, in the best got, state, we've got enough got to keep going for now. Go out, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking with enough to keep us going, again, we forementioned uh, Forza Motorsport. Obviously, now we are a month away. Yeah, I think less than um, a month now, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, now it's been revealed uh, by Turn 10 Studios, uh, obviously the developers of Forza Motorsport this week, the Xbox, the, the, the Xbox Series X version is going to launch with three performance modes. Um, so you've got performance, uh, which is prioritizes 60 frames per second on track performance at 4K resolution. You've got performance RT, which uh, enables on track ray tracing features at 60 frames per second with variable resolution and then you've got visuals 
which will maximise 4K visual quality on track with ray tracing at 30 frames per second. So for those of you who, who are that into gaming uh, and do concentrate on your resolutions and your frames per second, um, I think this is a, a really beautiful addition uh, and, and quite honestly would you know take quite a bit of work from the developers to do this. Now, this is only, I must say, this is only Xbox Series X. It's not been announced of what the Series S will do for any Series S owners out there. So what would you go, Ash? Um, How, what, I mean, what do you want out of this game? When it comes to the Series S, I'm going to assume we're going to get like we've got previously, where it's just performance or visual. You know, we always it's one or the other, in it? You either go for the visuals with mm -hmm. a slightly reduced performance or you go for the top quality performance and you might take a hit on the visuals. But obviously this ray tracing thing is a big feature of uh, the new yep. Forza Motorsport. Um, obviously, I have a 4K telly or monitor, but it doesn't have the capabilities of the HDMI, is it 2.0 or whatever it is? The Yeah, yeah. So I don't quite know how to go about it. Obviously, it's capable of 60 frames per second. I think that's more for 120, isn't it? The HDMI 2.0, I think. Was that the yeah, what so, they were going yeah, for? It ki yeah, it kind of boosts that, which is not capable on Xbox anyway. Yeah, you know, so um, I think I'll probably try the performance RT or ray tracing, whatever it stands for, because you're getting that yeah. constant performance of 60 frames per second with the ray tracing. With In terms of variable resolution, if it takes a bit of a hit from, you know, if one minute you're in 4K, then you sort of drop a little bit. I don't think in a racing game with, you know, the, the blur of the surroundings and that, I don't think you're going to notice it massively. You know, no. I don't think it's going to be... No. I know you're going to have those that really pick up on it, the really, really sort of nitty-gritty, the fans that, you know, if you drop a frame, it's a riot. But yeah. me, I think, if I can get the full beauty of the ray trace at 60 frames a second, you know, you can take a slight hit on that resolution here and there. You know, I think in the studio yeah. or in the, you know, in your garage, I'd imagine that's going to be at full 4K. But I think, yeah. when, you know, when you're yeah. out on track, it's going to have to take a slight hit. But yeah, like you say, giving the players three options is huge because you really, really can, you know, customise your uh, experience to however you want it now. You know, you can take a hit on multiple levels which i think that's pretty cool i like it i do I, I, and i and i think that maybe this is the way to go for for a lot of games in the future um because we know and we reported this um you know a couple of episodes ago with Baldur's gate 3 and the reason it got delayed is because there was having problems with the development of the series s which is obviously a, a, quite a little bit pow less powerful than the x so maybe this is how you battle that. Maybe this is how you get around that. You know, we can offer this for the Series X, but we can only offer this, um, you know, for the Series S. So I think that this will potentially stop all those development problems as well. It, like you said, it's giving gamers more options. What would you prefer? Do you want it to look pristine or, you know, do you want that frame rate to be as best it can be? Um, so yeah, I absolutely love this. I absolutely love this. And we did talk about we we are taking the hit of we we can't have split screen and things like that from launch, but remove that to bring this sort of thing in. Yeah, absolutely. You got absolutely you got to weigh up your options, didn't you? Like 
but how many removing the split screen is actually going to affect compared to the the grand total of players that you know would rather take the option to improve you know whether it's your visuals or your performance and that you know take the hit on the the several hundred or you know thousand that would use split screen compared to the hundreds of thousands that won't exactly yeah. it works you know it works to sacrifice some little bits for you know the overall greater good which i like but um yep. you know obviously this at the minute this is what it's going to be now i think for the next couple of months it's just it's game after game after game and it? it's just this yeah, never ending release and one that's really got a hype again it's one that i did get access but i never actually played it which i, I have a bad Same. sort of thingy of doing this but lies of p um is obviously releasing very soon um early access which is obviously again part of like the deluxe edition that kicks off on the 18th of september i think it's is that 18th of september for playstation um with it launching on the 19th of september no it's 18 for us for for xbox and it's the 19th um, oh, okay. So yeah, right. Okay, I got that they wrong then. So yeah, so there's you know it's a, ever so slight difference. It's a, literally a, an amount of hours, isn't it? Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah. So three we days. Get it British Standard Time, four days from now, we get it at four p.m. Yeah, and they get it, uh, I believe, at five a.m. Yeah, the next on day, PlayStation. The next day, yeah. So and, it's um, somewhat ridiculous like eight nine hours in it yeah and that's all part of the early access which is a three-day early access before the game officially launches uh on the 21st i think it is um yeah but it is also worth mentioning that the deluxe edition is the digital deluxe edition if if you have bought the physical edition you don't get early access rights which i find bizarre yeah i, I do find really bizarre i think it's just another way of trying to force people in and say no buy digital um but yeah so just be wary if there is anybody that's like really really you know can't wait for this game and you've bought the physical version for whatever reason you don't get early access with that yeah it's it's another one i probably won't it be playing it if i'm honest i'll give it a go yeah that can be that can be one you can uh give a review then because i believe is this a game pass game i don't know I'm not sure whether it is Game Pass, to be honest. I know, yes, obviously, we got access is. to the... Lies of P will be instantly accessible on Game Pass from its launch day. So, obviously, not the early access, but yeah. when it comes out on the 21st, yes, it is. So, yeah. yes, I will give it a go. So, talking to Game Pass, um, there is two get. Obviously, it's Thursday, as I've said previously, that we're recording this. So, today, Thursday the 14th, that is two new games that have uh, launched on Game Pass today, which is Solar Ash, which is... Um, yeah, it's not you just... going solar, is it? <laughs> um, I'll give you a little sort of readout because with both games, I don't know a great deal about them, but I'll give you a little bit of an insight. So with Solar Ash, set amidst a surreal dreamscape filled with long abandoned ruins of great civilizations past, you play as Rey, a void runner determined to stop at nothing to save her planet from falling prey to the ultra void path of eternal hunger. Fight through maps of or mobs of grotesque creatures grind rails with sheer delight, grapple to wild heights, take down enormous bosses, and surf the ashen clouds of shattered, bygone worlds 
swallowed by the void. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. But uh... and then, yep, yeah, the other game is Spirit Fairer, the Farewell Edition. So the Spirit Fairer Farewell Edition is the definitive edition of the award-winning um, cozy management game about dying. It brings together the base game beloved by over 1 million players and all the additional content released to date um, is included. Uh, so, and, and you can, if you want to go play it, it did get one of the best games of 2020. There you go. All about dying. How exciting. <laughs> yeah. How exciting that sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So you know, if anybody's it's... that way out, there you go. <laughs> That's the... Uh exciting new additions to game pass today available now um and one again just another game that's coming to game pass and only another couple of months away and it is one that we'll both end up getting involved with we always do uh is football manager that's one that yes you know we play every year whether it's for a season or two or a couple of us end up 15 years down the line on them don't we the point that no real life players exist anymore but, um, yep, yeah, so that is due for release on Game Pass in November. Uh, November 6th. S- is that it? 6th. So the 6th of November. Um, obviously, we've spoke previously about my sort of argument with, you know, the games like FIFA and Madden and that, that the games don't change much year to year. And to be honest, Football Manager's kind of the same. I can kind of understand why it's a Game Pass title, because for the actual overall changes year on year, it's very minimal. Isn't it, it is. You know, it's it's, it's almost it is, a roster update. It is very update. minimal, but it but it is worth mentioning that Football Manager twenty twenty four has been dubbed the last of its kind. So after Football Manager twenty twenty four, it the game is getting a complete overall. So in tw- so Football Manager twenty twenty five is go- apparently going to look. Very different, play very different. Have loads of new stuff. Um, See, I, so, I yeah, quite like the this idea is of that. The last of its time. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, I, a lot of people were excited about that when it got announced a couple of months back. So yeah, this is going to be the last of its kind, uh, and we can expect something very, very different apparently um, as of next year. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I love a good football managing game. You know, I used to be championship manager when I was growing up. Yeah. I used to absolutely love it. Um, you know, finding that 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 young talent to come out of Brazil at 14 year old and <laughs> and stuff and, you know, breed him into the team and sell him for hundred million later on. It, it's great. So it is a game I enjoy. And speaking of people, you know, beloved fans and spe- you know, fifteen years or whatever down the line, I was speaking to Killjoy I were in a party with one of our friends the other day. He's currently on football manager twenty twenty three. And he's something like twenty years into yeah. into a season it's and crazy. managed different teams, so it is quite easy to get into, isn't it? And, yeah, and, and once you settled in, they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the FIFA career this year, this is probably the most in-depth FIFA career that I've ever got into. And I created, I think a few of us did, didn't we? We created instead of taking over a team, we created our own and started at the bottom. And we did. I think I got something like 16 years down the line into it to the point that the kids of today were starting to retire. Like, you know, it was just all randomly generated players and characters and that to the point that you you can't really sort of scout properly because you just don't know anybody anymore. It is just, you're just relying on the scouts to do the job for you. But 
Yeah, you'd obviously... Well I, re- well, I remember doing... Um, I don't know if you ever played it, FIFA Manager. That was a great managing game. No, I don't think I ever um, played that one. And you used to get paid a wage and everything, and you could spend your wage on buying houses and cars and things like that. Yeah. And I remember getting so far into that game that, like, Wayne Rooney at the time, he, he, was, he was a youngster at Everton, I believe, at the time. So that's how young he was. Yeah. And he went through a player, then he became a coach... And he retired from that. And then when they retire from being a coach and their career is completely finished, it regenerates that same person, but it could put them anywhere in any position. And Wayne Rooney got regenerated in my career as a goalkeeper. (laughs) And I got to the fact that he retired on that second career as a goalkeeper. That's how much I put into that game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's e- it is easy to lose that amount. Yeah, of these sort of simulators we do. Good. I mean, we if you listen to the podcast enough, you'll know that we love a good simulator anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when it comes to like football and that, it's quite easy to, before you know it, you've done a season, you're back in the transfer window, and it, it's they're good fun. I personally prefer the majority of my simulators on PC. Um, obviously, it will be available on the yeah. PC Game Pass. Uh, I just find them more user-friendly on a PC because there's just that many buttons. And yeah, I, sometimes... I'm inclined to agree. Sometimes they sort of try to sort of tidy up the navigation for Xbox, you know, hold RT to bring down all the menus. But it's like there's just that many different sequences to get to your transfers that it's like yeah. it's just a pain in the ass. Whereas on your PC, you've got 14 different menus across the top and you just click transfer... But it's like, you know, on that side, I prefer the PC version, which obviously I'd, I'd assume it will be on that. But um, It is, yeah. It's on both PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Um, but another series that I've never really got into, but one that I know you'll be quite excited for. I find for. very disturbing. You Obviously, you've played the believe, Tomb Raiders. I can't believe you've never got... I, yeah, I, I just can't believe you've never got into this series. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. I've I loved them from day dot. I do remember the original Tomb Raider. This is like, you know, a sort of core childhood memory. And I remember going to... Mm. My mum and dad have got friends, Baz and Leslie, and their son, Stuart, he, when we were kids, he had like the original PlayStation and that. And I remember going around, I'd, I'd, I don't know how old it had been, when was the original Tomb Raider? Like, oh God, just many, think. many years ago. I don't even know if we mentioned it. Um, the original Tomb Raider was initially introduced to the gaming world over a three-year span. In 1996, the Tomb Raider was released. Uh, so 1996, so I'd have been five. He'd have probably had it when I was six, maybe. And a couple of times a year, we'd go around their house and, you know, have a day there. We'd, whatever we'd do, barbecue or whatever. And I used to find it cool because this was before I had a PlayStation. So I'd go around his and we'd get to play on the PlayStation and Tomb Raider was one of those games, and it blew my mind that you had this character that could pick up items and you could carry all these cool things, you know, ropes and whatever else you could find in a Tomb Raider game. But it was just one of them, for me as a kid, I just never got into it. And yet... I find it... Yeah, I find... that's. I mean, I know, like, obviously, raiding tombs is really not up your street. No. But for me, I mean, I, I love a good puzzle game. I absolutely love a good puzzle game. And, you know, this this was the pinnacle of it. And, and you know, the original trilogy, I was a huge fan of. Watched the Tomb Raider movie. The, the, the trilogy that we've just had, I think, were 
were jaw-droppingly good. Yeah. The way they sounded, the visuals, the gameplay, the puzzles that within them, um, you know, some could be quite difficult and challenging. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I had to laugh when I saw because obviously you posted this article on our website earlier today, yeah. And you've t- you've got the original the original images of, <laughs> yeah. of Tomb Raider, which I it absolutely blew my mind when I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that's how it used to look back in the day when her boobs were triangles. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it was just mind blowing to think, oh my god. But I remember, like you said, you know, going around to friends' houses or friends' houses coming to me with that original PlayStation, and you're thinking, oh wow, look at this. Look the graphics how good were this groundbreaking. Looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now to look back and you think, oh my god, like I used to sit there in my bedroom, absolutely in awe of this kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm happy about this news. It's great because the re <laughs> we haven't even said what the news is, have we? But the original trilogy is getting remade, remastered uh, in sometime in early 2024. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I don't know what I don't know how a remaster is going to look. Um, and after playing, like I said, the most recent trilogy might still be quite a way of a step down. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll dabble? It's highly unlikely that I'll have a dabble. <laughs> um, I, ju- I mean, I just like saying about like obviously Tomb Raider, and I think of like how real these games felt at the time because of the technology. Like I still remember. When I got my Xbox 360, and one of the first games I got from game was Call of Duty 3. And yes, yes, played that myself. I remember back then doing the, the campaign, and there was missions where you'd walk through a doorway, and like a soldier would grab you and put like the gun over your throat, and you know you have to like tap X as hard as you can or whatever it was to sort of fight him off. Yeah, yeah. And back then, it was so real. You know, you this it was it was terrifying that this soldier would come out of nowhere and like you know pin you to the wall and try and sort of strangle you with your gun. But I bet if we were to go back now and play that mission again, it would be almost comical because yeah. of how it's yeah. come along. You know, but back then we were so invested as we are now. But you know, at that point, that was the most real graphics of a video game you're ever going to see, and it was unbelievable. And yet, you know, we do, we've done things previous where we've looked back at these sort of series, and as with the Tomb Raider one, you look at the graphics of Lara Croft at that point, and you think, it, it, it's hilarious. Like, you know, it was so good back in the day. Do you know one thing I would really love to do, speaking about games like that that are so real, and obviously how far the tech's come and what it is now and what's it going to be in 10 years, one thing I would absolutely love to do is get you in a VR headset in a game like Tomb Raider. I just think that no, would just... be priceless. I just think it would be absolutely priceless. <laughs> I just, I, I have to make that happen. We need to. We will get that on our YouTube channel, and I think it will be the most et up video for views that people have ever seen in your life. I just, I, just, I, think I mean, be superb. I did a charity stream a couple of years back with a few of like my, uh, like an old gaming community that I was part of, and. We did a 24-hour thing, and we took it in, like, three, four-hour sections. And one of the guys before it was playing that Phasmophobia, which is, you know, it's like the ghost hunting game. And this whole community, we were all watching him. And because I was sort of saying, as you're going into the house, I I can't physically watch the stream. I can't, I can't brace myself for all this. So then they all jumped on the thing of, during your four hours, we want you to play this. And it was like, 
I'm not doing it. <laughs> you don't understand. I know for those that would be watching, it would be this comical, hilarious thing, but I can't physically put It'd myself through that. You know, Starfield I is pushing it. I think you'd be it. one of them that, in a VR headset, I think you'd be one of them that just run through door, run through a closed yeah. door. I, I fully expect, <laughs> you know, like, when we've done Insomnia before and we've sort of said, you know, next year we'd love to do Gamescom or, you know, EGX again next year because we haven't been there for a long time. And it's like, when I see VR, I just think, if it's some sort of, you know, shooter where we're all sort of in a maze and we're trying to get to each other, I don't mind that. But if it's one of these things where it's like VR, you know, walking through a horror maze or something, I just think I, I couldn't put myself through it. I think <laughs> I'd just think it's the funniest thing ever. I'd, I'd be I'd one just of them. Think it'd be the greatest thing ever. You know those sort of videos where you see like somebody in a public mall or something or a shopping centre, and they're literally screaming <laughs> at the top screaming. of their voice, and everybody stops. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> And I couldn't, you know, I'll get that invested in these games and films and that, that it's real. You know, people go, how? Yeah. It's not real. You know, it's it's all CGI. It's all a person in a mask. Well, to me, that is a frightening dead guy, and I don't like it. <laughs> so You 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 remind me of my mum. Like, when I take my mum to the cinema, me and me, I'm very close to my mum, and we have, um, we, we have dates. We have, we, we have mum, you know, mum and son dates. Yeah. Uh, and when I take her to the cinema, uh, to watch a movie or all like that, she is. You literally sit next to her and you can hear her go, oh, 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 oh. She's she's literally it, it, she's fixed to that screen and it is real. <laughs> yeah. What is going on at that time is real, and it doesn't matter whether it's a comedy, you know, whether it's a a horror. It doesn't matter if it's a serious or an action movie. She in that moment, in that an hour and a half, two hours that she is watching that, that motion picture. She, everything happening is real life. Oh, you and you remind that. me of that. And I just <laughs> think it, it'd be incredible. I remember we went to the cinema. This is going back a couple of years back now. You know, the original Meg film with Jason yes. Statham. I think it is, it is Jason Statham in it in that film. It is. Um, yeah. And we went and I knew that there was going to be, I'd seen in the trailer, that was going to be some like, little jumpy bits. You, you, can guarantee in a giant megalodon shark film there's going to be those moments but that sort of thing i can kind of handle now the couple we, me and uh, my fiance becky we went to watch it and we sat next to this couple and i reckon they must have been late 40s early 50s and the woman was the jumpiest person i think you could ever meet all it had to she be must was be like, jumpy if you're calling a jumpy. Yeah, this it was it was like because Becky was sat next to her and it was like all it had to be was you know a couple of the characters on screen are talking and somebody sort of walks in and bangs their fist on the table and she was all over the place, proper arms flailing, wailing, <laughs> and it was like she like Becky would look at me with every every couple of minutes there was something that made a jump and it was like to the point the jump factor kind of went for us because we were more <laughs> focused on her reaction to every little thing in the film than actually watching the film ourselves. It was, it was hilarious. And, you know, I'm not quite to that extent, especially in sort of, you know, an action film, you know, there's going to be points where a grenade goes off or, you know, an enemy's around the corner and they grab them and stuff. And you do, you jump a little bit, but it's more, you know, the proper suspense, the horror, that's the sort of thing that I can't do, but um... I'll tell you what, I will go on any roller coaster you name in the world 
if I can put you in a VR headset with something like Alan Wake. So just to put into context, Shane is very much... Yeah, I don't do rides. I don't, yeah. I don't mind... Well, saying that, I don't mind roller coasters. I just don't like this, that you go upside down and yeah. twirl about. I, I'm not into that. I don't like being thrown about. I don't find <laughs> that fun. Um, so not at all. Um, but yeah, so I will. I am willing to do that. And you can record it. If I can put you in a VR headset with Alan Wake, and you've I think got to last it would be as long as the ride lasts. Between our group of friends, there's only a couple of us that are like I'm. I'm massively into theme parks. Uh, obviously, my friend Sam, who he listens to the podcast every week, we met working at a theme park, and we go to a couple of the theme parks in the UK every year. Now, the Xbox lot, Shane, Tom, my brother Jack, you're all very anti. Real Roy, didn't you? Yeah. You're very anti. I've told you I'll come along. I love the fair atmosphere, but I will stay down on the ground and play hooker duck <laughs> yeah. while you go do your thing. So I've always wanted to get like the Smiler, which is one of like the UK's or what it's the world's most inverted roller coaster. I'd love to get you lot on there and get a video of us all on it because you'd have me just doing the normal laughing, arms up, wooing along. You three would be hilarious, I think. That that would be another one that I'd love to see. So I will trade that in for you to be ten minutes in a VR with Alan Wake. <laughs> Does it count though <laughs> if I just go and sit in a corner and just wait for the ten minutes to by? <laughs> no, that don't count. You've I'll, got I'll to just, play the game. I'll just ravage through this cupboard for the next ten minutes. That'll do. <laughs> but uh, but I anyway, think... we went well off time. Yeah. So Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider has been. Remastered Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 is being remastered in early 2024. So for Tomb Raider fans, um, look out for that. There we go. So we are at sort of the summary of the podcast. We've, Like I say, there wasn't a huge amount of news besides Starfield stuff this week. Um, I don't expect it to be much different next week, to be honest. <laughs> no, um, I don't. I think we, the world's just gone mad for Starfield, yeah, hasn't it? I think we will have no doubt another sort of brief update on what we're doing in the world of starfield next week as well uh as always we'll be bringing you the latest news uh we might even have some form of review in the works next week depending on how far we get um yes yes we've obviously we've got other games have a topic episode coming up because i go away two weeks today actually two weeks today yeah i will be in portugal so hopefully we'll pre-record a topic episode uh, and that we can put out that week while we will be abandoning the weekly news episode and something that anybody who's listening if obviously these topic episodes if there's something that you think would be a good topic for us to discuss that would be quite interesting because we've obviously when we're chatting when we're playing games and that we will sort of put a point across won't we and we'll go that could be something to bring up in the podcast you know we could we could discuss this and that um yeah if you've got anything that you, you know, if you have a really strong opinion on something that you think would be a good big topic to discuss, get in touch with us on our social medias, uh, press underscore start. Is it, yeah, it's press underscore start UK, isn't it? Um, on Twitter and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah, get in let's touch, get, obviously. Let, let's get some ideas off Sam. Yeah, he, uh, I think Sam, Sam's he, always he got an opinion. Um in a good way. Yeah. That sounded it's, it's a bit vicious. <laughs> no, not at all. He, he <laughs> gave me an opinion on something, and I can't remember what it was now. He said something. The other, oh, the Starfield vehicles. He said, in his eyes, he thinks the game should have them. 
Um, oh, okay. Which obviously, like we say, we kind of agree, but at the same time, don't. You know, it, it's hit or miss for us. Whereas Sam sort of said, because of the distance with some missions and that, he'd rather just have a vehicle. So there's an opinion from Sam from uh, this last week's news. Um, now, before we go, I have got a question for you. And I've been want I wanted to ask you this a couple of times in the week, and I thought, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to ask you at the podcast on Thursday night. Now, before Starfield launched, we were going on about our greatest game in memories, the biggest game, the biggest launch, the biggest game we've ever played. Mine, Halo 3. I remember the launch really well. Uh, I think we we said this a couple of weeks back, but I went to like the midnight launch. It was my first ever midnight launch. We got to play the game slightly before release. The music was blasting out through the arena and every, uh, the shopping arena. And that's my core greatest Xbox gaming memory or game as a whole. You know, I spent quite possibly over a thousand hours on multiplayer. I lived on it. Now, yours was Final Fantasy VII, wasn't it? You said it's it was. that's the pinnacle for you. Now, my yes. question is, three weeks in... We've had the launch, we've we've literally lived on it, and we we just keep saying how much we love the game. Has it took the top spot for you? Not yet. Not yet. It's close. It is mighty, mighty close, but I will say I think it will. I think right, it will okay. take over Final Fantasy VII, I believe, just because of the depth and, and everything to do in the game. Right now, it's not... Um, I, I keep. It's funny you ask that question because I, I I actually ask myself that question pretty much every night that I'm playing it. Is it there yet? Has it took it yet? How do I feel? Um. So I, yeah, I am asking myself that question. So right now I would say they are probably level. Right. Okay. So, but I do believe Starfield will become that game. Yeah, I do believe it will become my favorite game of all time. There we go. Yeah, I've wanted to ask you. What about week, you? So. As yours, as I've, as... um, I don't know yet. I am in. I'm enjoying it, and I'm loving it, and it's gonna be up there as potentially top three easily. Um, top you know, three. Yeah. We... What would be another one? You know what? I don't actually know. I don't. If I was to <laughs> so sort of, it's gonna be top two then. <laughs> potentially, yeah. Like if I'm, I'm trying to think of like what would I put in my top three, which could be a good topic in itself. To be fair, if we were to get some opinions of some, you know, of our friends and that, but it's up there. Halo Three has always been my pinnacle, and I think it could, but I don't know yet whether it will. I think Halo Three for me, just that that whole. Probably year or two of just living on that say, game. I mean that. Yeah, I mean you had you spent a long time and it didn't. You, you you had like you said you had that launch period as well, going to the midnight launch. So yeah. Kind of, obviously, all that kind of adds to that. You know, whole experience. The whole, yeah, the whole game, thing was just. You know, I mean, I was that excited for that game that the night of the launch. Coventry City, who is the football team that I support, we played Manchester United away in a cup game, and my mate got us two tickets, and I chose not to go because I wanted to play Halo 3. We ended up going to Old Trafford and beating them 2-0, and I missed out on it, but it was because I was just that... Would it worth it? Yeah, 100%. Oh, like, there you go, then. 
would I have liked to have been there and watched, you know, us beat them 2-0? Yes. But the whole thing was just... I remember it so, so well, and just the excitement of it, and, you know, finally getting my hands on Halo 3 after all these years of waiting and that, and it was massive. And I just don't think, you know... The launch of Starfield was a, a special one, wasn't it? You know, we got up, I went yeah. to bed, I got up, we we were there for midnight, we did the whole character creation there together and everything. And it was, it was a it was a big game launch, but I just don't think for me So let me ask you this then. If if physical games, physical copies of games were still a massive thing and yeah. you attended a Starfield midnight launch, would that have took it over the um... line? I suppose it depends on what... I mean, obviously, Midnight Launches at actual physical game stores are almost non-existent anymore, but it depends yeah, what, what they mean, put if on. It yeah, if, if if it was just like... I've been to multiple Midnight Launches. I went to like the GTA V original Midnight Launch and other Halos and God knows what else over the years, but they were all just generally... You turn up at the shop, you get in a queue, you, it's your turn, you go and pick up your copy and you go home. Whereas yeah. Halo Three was different. It was, it was the the game shop had been turned into like a Halo theme. There was blue lights on the old, you know, like the Xbox pods where you could play the game uh, yep. in store. They were all set up with Halo on as well as the big screen in the shop, so you could take it in turns to get the pad and have a go on it on the big screen. There was competitions. There was bowling. They'd got like you know like a plastic ten pin bowling well, type Skittles type yeah, game. Yeah. The store, all of the stands had been pushed to the side, so it was just one big room. And it was like, it was just phenomenal. It was the best gaming experience of Lock and Midnight Launch I've ever been to. And that rolled into everything else was just Halo 3. You know, that, that sums up everything. I remember it so well. And, um, yeah, you know, I think I don't, I don't think it's going to top that for me. I think in terms of right. overall game... I think it will be up there as, you know, one of the top two or three. Um, yeah. You know, the Ezio... I think for me, I think Final Fantasy VII was probably the emotional roller coaster that the storyline took yeah. me on. So, you know, the highs and the lows, and there really was a lot of highs and lows. And uh, and for anybody that's played Final Fantasy VII, there's, there's a point in the game where you get to choose another character to take on a date. Um, that you kind of, because you're kind of getting close to several characters, and the one that I took on the day, um, Ares, uh, I, I literally, as a 16-year-old, maybe 15-year-old kid, I was in love with this character, this, this this female character on this game, absolutely head over heels, and and after our day, not so long after, um, she was killed by the main villain, just as I was about to kiss her for the first time. And he just came out of nowhere and stabbed the fruit back. And I was just like, uh, genuine tears, genuine tears. I don't mind admitting it, absolute genuine tears yeah. at this point. Um, took a week off school, uh, mentally traumatised. Um, almost needed to see counselling. <laughs> so, so, yeah, if this game can mimic that kind of, not mimic it, but take me on a roller coaster emotional journey like that, that's where I think it lies for me. I think it with that attachment to those characters and that. Yeah. And I know it sound, might sound after some people, but getting I love any movie or game that can get you that emotional attachment to characters. And I have had a couple of 
times of that on Starfield, I can't say too much because I know the missions that you're not done yeah. and probably others haven't done. But yeah, there's been a few moments like that and if it keeps going and they get a little bit more in depth, then yeah, I do believe it could it will take that top spot. Yeah. Uh, maybe in another couple of weeks we'll come back to this question see where we're at as a it's a good question final, I like yeah, that yeah final, final decider but for now we're going to wrap it up um, thank you for listening as always uh, you can obviously follow us on our media channels social media uh, Twitter Facebook and so on we are on threads we don't use it as much as we probably thought we would but uh, yeah you can follow us on all of them you can check out the website as well press-start.uk um and obviously across the different formats for the podcast as well you can follow us you can give us a review a like a rating whatever um yeah and bring us your topics bring us your discussions your thoughts your feelings and we're more than happy to raise them on the podcast uh in a future episode yeah, so it'd be very interesting yeah better get back to then, the wife now aren't they yeah until then we're off back into space uh, thank you for watching uh, not watching I'll get that right at some point. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Yep. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week.